Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Welcome to Special Edition, a weekly look at the issues in the news and the personality shaping the stories. Thanks for joining me on Special Edition. I'm Paula Dagnan. This weekend, it is Earth Day, but shouldn't every day be Earth Day? We're going to learn more about it when we hear from our Odyssey sister station in Washington, D.C., 94-7 The Drive, bringing us a discussion with Conservation International's CEO. We're also going to find out about the IRS, and you may be surprised at what we're talking about today the job opportunities they have to offer. And there are much more than you are thinking about right now. Also, April is Autism Awareness Acceptance Month. We're going to be talking with the folks at Graham Academy with the details of their annual Light It Up Blue campaign. Starting us off, we're going to find out what it's like to waddle. The 31st Waverly Waddle 5K Run Walk is coming up on May 13th. Kathy Wright, Programs and Events Coordinator at the Waverly Community House, has your invitation. There's a fun event coming up in Waverly in May. And Kathy, where did the name Waverly Waddle come from? I think that's great. <laughs> This started so long ago, and initially the event was set up to honor our mothers and caregivers, and that's why it always happens on the Saturday of Mother's Day weekend. Waddle, I I think, came about from a mother duck and like the little ducklings waddle behind her. I, I think that's where the where the uh, concept came from. This event has been going on for over 30 years. So I think it's just the concept of since it was originally in honor of mothers on Mother's Day, mothers and caregivers. So kind of like a mother duck and her ducklings waddling behind her. (laughs) I get it. Well, that's why on the poster, there is a duck with a W and tennis shoes. So of course that would be a waddle. I get that. And maybe, (laughs) and maybe since we're honoring moms, you know, sometimes toward the very end there, moms can waddle. Too, a little bit. <laughs> well, actually, a lot of families do it together as a family, and which is, you know, it is a, an event that's fun for the whole family. So when people sign up for the event, they can come in as a group, you know, with friends or do it on their own. You can run, you can walk, you can do it as a family. We have moms that do it with, you know, kids in strollers. You can bring your dog, whatever. It's kind of a fun for the whole family type event. That is great. And you said that it's coming up on Saturday, May 13th. So give us the rest of the details, the where, the when. And I also understand that you are you have an event partner involved in this as well. So, Kathy, I'll just turn it over to you. You give us the whole day in a nutshell. Okay. Well, this year um, we have an event partner, which is Countryside Conservancy. And so many people love walking and running on their beautiful trails. We thought that they would be the perfect event partner for this event. And um, this year we are giving 25% of all registration fees to Countryside Conservancy. And the event will take place, it, it starts and ends here at the Waverly Community House, which is 1115 North Addington Road in Waverly. And Saturday, May 13th, you can check in between 8 and 8.45 on the back lawn of the comp. 
and the race will begin at 9 a.m. You can register in advance on our website, which is waverlycom.org. And we will also be accepting registrations the morning of the race. So if you're not registered and you want to come that morning, you know, anytime between eight and nine, come and we'll get you signed up. It is an officially timed, officially electronic chip timed race by Second Wind Racing. And we have uh, beautiful race t-shirts that we give out and we give out medals for top finishers in all the age categories. That does sound like it's going to be an exciting day and it's been going on for so long and I'm sure that you have a lot of folks who return every year just to waddle. (laughs) Yes, that is true. We have some regulars and uh, we have some, some new people, hopefully, that will come and check us out this year. There's also refreshments offered. You know, we usually have uh, water and all kinds of snacks and fruit and and things um, uh, available on the day of the race at the event. Some of our sponsors come and set up tables, you know, with uh, information about their businesses. It's a, a really fun event. Well, it sounds like it's going to be a great day. And is there, you mentioned the fact that some of the percentage is going to the Countryside Conservancy. So there is a registration fee then? Yes. Advanced registration is $20 per person. 12 and under is $12. Six and under is free. Okay. For a family of three or more, it's $35. So that's for advanced registration. If you come the day of the race, it's $25 per person, 15 for 12 and under, and 40 for a family of three or more. Well, it's good that you can go there the day of the race because sometimes people wonder what they're going to do and then all of a sudden say, wait, it's the 31st annual Waverly Waddle. I need to be there. So they decide at the last minute and get there. (laughs) Yeah, that would be great. We'll take last minute registrations for sure. If you wake up that morning and you feel like going for a walk or a run, come and check us out. It's going to be a really fun event. Well, Kathy, I'm going to turn the mic over to you, as I like to do for the people who are involved in all of these events. And you can issue the official invitation to everyone far and wide to come and waddle in Waverly. Please come and join us on Saturday, May 13th at 9 a.m. for the Waverly Waddle. Mark the calendar for May 13th, the 31st Waverly Waddle 5K Run Walk. Thanks to Kathy Wright, Programs and Events Coordinator at Waverly Community House, giving us all the details. April is Autism Awareness Acceptance Month. Carol McGrain, School Director at Graham Academy, is here with the details of their annual Light It Up Blue campaign and how they're marking the month with students and the community. Carol from Graham Academy is here and you have the annual Light It Up Blue campaign going on. This year's theme, The World Needs All Kinds of Minds. Boy, isn't that true. Tell us all about it, Carol. Hi, Paula. So, yes, we always start off our our April month with the Light Up Blue campaign. We have done um, our contest as we typically have done in the past. This year's winner was William Norton, and he came up with a theme and the piece that is this year on our T-shirts, as well as partnering with Vita Bell Candle, and will be on their candle labels for sale during the month of April. Oh, that's very exciting. Mia Bella, they uh, they smell great anytime. And <laughs> part of the proceeds of that, you're also donating as well, correct? We are. We are donating the proceeds from the T-shirts to the Challenger Baseball, which is very near and dear to our hearts. We have several of our students that participate. And the family that coordinates and runs that program has been with us at the Graham Academy for years. Their granddaughter and the daughter participates in our program. She's been with us since kindergarten. So we thought it was a good program to give back to. And the candle proceeds are going to the special needs park in Wooksbury. Kirby Park one is almost done. So Mayor Brown had announced that he is going to be building another one uh, where the Challenger baseball field presides. So we thought that was another great place to give back to. Absolutely. Uh, Boy, you folks are right on the cutting edge of helping all these projects get started. Give us a little bit of the background of the Graham Academy. Well, the Graham Academy was founded in 2008 when it was opened. It had started in the Luzerne location with one student. 
we service children that are diagnosed with autism and social and emotional challenges. We have grown over the last several years. This year, we are servicing 31 school districts, and we are at 179 students. Wow, you really have grown over the years. You really have a lot of success stories, not only with the staff, but also with the students themselves as they go through all the programs. We do. We're very proud of our kids. We have students that are, you know, currently welders. We have students that are currently working security and department stores. I have a student that came to us in third grade. He is now a junior at Misericordia University. He runs track and plays football. We just transitioned a student back to his school district, and we're very proud of them. They come to us. We work hard with them, and and we we want them to be successful in in their social setting. Especially when we're talking about autism and so many people are affected by autism that you have the opportunity to get the word out there. And I'd love to hear those success stories because we don't say can't anymore. We say can. Exactly, Paula. And that's what we work on. We don't we don't teach to the child's disability. We teach the child. And, and their independence and what they can do. And we work through that and make sure that we're teaching through their ability and not the disability. All right. Well, we want to make sure that everybody gets involved as the Lighted Up Blue Month continues. And once again, Carol, I'm going to turn it over to you. Tell us how we can get involved, we can help. And if people would like more information on Graham Academy itself, where can they get as, that as well? If you want to support us through the Light It Up Blue campaign, we have a Facebook page. It's the Graham Academy and EPA. There is a Google Doc form there to order the T-shirts or the candles. They could just log in there and place their order. That'll come directly to me. If you want to learn more about the Graham Academy, we do have a website. All you need to do is Google the Graham Academy and it'll pop up for you. There's information all about what we do and there's a request form to take a tour. Carol, anything else we may have left out or you would like to just make sure that our audience knows? We are open to tours all of the time, Paula. We are a very transparent school. We love the community to come in, see what we have to offer and see our program. We have community events once a month that anyone is invited to, that our kids do their displays, show off their talents. So we welcome and encourage people to stop by. And how can they get involved in that? If they Do they need an invitation? They could just call out to me directly or email me directly. And again, right on that request form on the Graham Academy page is where they can directly contact me. Thanks again to Carol McGrain, School Director at Graham Academy, with the details of their annual Light It Up Blue campaign, April Autism Awareness Acceptance Month. Coming up next on Special Edition, if you are a high school or college student wondering what career path to take, or maybe you've already been in a career and you're thinking maybe it's time for a new one, how about... The IRS. Yes, the Internal Revenue Service is hiring, and we're going to find out about the many job opportunities they have to offer, and probably some which you are not even aware of. That's next on Special Edition. Welcome back to Special Edition. Maybe you have or are a high school student or a college student, and you're wondering what about my career? Or maybe you have a career and have had one for many years and now you're thinking, maybe I need something new. We're going to introduce you to Internal Revenue Special Agent in Charge from Philadelphia, Yuri Crudy. He's here to tell us the IRS is hiring. He's also here to tell us about the many job opportunities they have to offer and many that you may be very surprised that are available. Special Agent Yuri Crudy with the IRS in Philadelphia. Nice to have you back with us. And today, we're not going to talk about all those things about the IRS. We're going to talk about jobs with the IRS. And 
Is it true that there are a lot of different openings that maybe people might not even think about? Yes. Hi. It's, 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 again, it's great to speak with you. Uh, we had a really nice conversation last time. And I'm glad we're, we're talking about this because uh, as some of your listeners might be aware, the Inflation Reduction Act was passed in late 2022 last year, and it provided a significant increase in funding for the IRS and some of the other government agencies, particularly the, the IRS. So um, even though the, the hiring is now even higher than, it, than we were anticipating, but probably for the last year to year and a half, we've had a significant increase in hiring within the IRS, and it's for all kinds of positions, including the position that I'm in, special agent. Well, let's start with that one then, since you have obviously a lot of information about that one. What exactly does a special agent do? How do you get to be one? And in your case, even why was it something that you wanted to do? So this is a definitely a very unique position. So me, I've been with the IRS criminal investigations for 21 years now. I was studying accounting at a university, small university. And uh, during a career day, I learned about these special agents that are, they work for the IRS and uh, they're law enforcement officers. They carry firearms and uh, they investigate potential criminal violations of the Internal Revenue Code and other financial investigations. Um, and the, the goal is to design to foster confidence in the tax system as well as compliance with the, with the laws. And we are the only federal law enforcement agency out there that can investigate tax violations, which which makes us very unique. I didn't realize that you were also someone that would that would carry a weapon that. So so, so that must be a whole other level of training then. It is. So we're very unique. Again, we were just like FBI, DEA, Homeland Security investigations. Our job is, is a special agent. It's, it's a series number. So the series number is 1811. And so just like with any other law enforcement agency, their federal agents are most of the time 1811. So we, we go out, we investigate violations of the, the tax code and other violations, including money laundering. We do terrorism investigations. So there's a big variety of things that we do. And uh, we, I believe we're the sixth largest federal law enforcement agency out there. Because as you know, there's a lot of federal agents. Some of them are very small. Some of them are much bigger. So I think we're up to number six. So that's a pretty big accomplishment for us. Like I said, I wasn't aware of the different avenues that that all traveled. So if in your training, how did you go from being accounting and now here you are, I don't think the accountants are carrying guns, but Maybe I'm wrong. You can correct me. So how did all of that fit in to where you started off? Being the agency that I'm with right now is we're one of the only law enforcement agencies that hire actually right out of college. So when I was a student in college um, and I learned about this position, this is what I wanted. Even though I was an accounting major, I never realized as an accountant, I can come out and be a law enforcement officer and get to use my accounting skills. You could be any major as long as you have the minimum requirements, which is 15 hours of accounting and nine hours of business-related courses. Any bachelor's degree will qualify you for this position. So, for example, like we have some agents that go out and before they become special agents with the IRS, for example, maybe they could be an arts major. And then when they find out about this unique job within IRS criminal investigations, they go back to college, they take their 15 accounting hours, nine business related courses, and then they qualify for the special agent position. And so that's what happened with me. I had enough accounting and I have enough business. And I, I, when I, as soon as I got my bachelor's degree, I was able to apply and become a special agent with IRS creations. As far as a special agent then is concerned, is there also additional schooling, such as some kind of law enforcement training as well? Absolutely. I'm, I'm glad you asked that. So we actually have six months of training. We're one of the longest training out there. So the first three months at the Federal Law Enforcement tra- Training Center, we learn how to be federal law enforcement officers. We learn about arresting, about shooting, about defensive tactics, about driving law enforcement vehicles. And the second three months, again, this is all continuous at the Federal Law Enforcement Training Center, we learn how to be special agents with IRS criminal investigations. So we learn about the tax code and the specific violations that IRS investigates. During those six months is where you learn all of those things. Because prior to that, I never learned how to shoot a firearm at the Federal Law Enforcement Training Center. We'd learn all of that and we teach all of that to our new agents. Well, I must say that is a big leap from taking accounting courses and then all of a sudden find out that you could carry and perhaps need to use a firearm in the field. I can see the point because you're talking money laundering and, and so many other things. So just some of the basic 
there are so many areas Oh, and that accounting stuff. See, that let me out the door math skills. Are they really that necessary? Absolutely. So, you know, with IRS, everybody should be familiar with annual tax return filings. Um, And so a lot of our work, especially our core mission work, is involving taxes. It involves investigating them, making sure if there's any allegations or any violations. We have to go in and we have to understand how taxes work. We have to understand how accounting works. And that's why we do have that requirement of 15 semester hours, because the folks that do come in should have at least a basic understanding of accounting and the tax system. Not only that, during that training that we do at the Federal Law Enforcement Training Center, we learn that during that time. So it really helps us out. But the basic knowledge really helps helps out. And then also the tax code. How do you learn the tax code? There's so much and it changes so fast. Correct. Uh, That's one of the things that are the three months of training. And then always, as special agents, we continuously learn. Now with distance learning, we, we use programs like Zoom and Microsoft Teams meetings. And every time there's update, we provide those updates to our agents. Um, and we also have specialized employees that work not for IRS criminal investigations, but civil part of the IRS, which I was going to mention as well. They're called revenue agents and, and revenue officers. Now they're experts in different fields. So we're experts in the criminal investigations, but we heavily rely on our revenue agents who also work for the IRS on the civil side. But they're the ones that are experts in accounting. They're the experts in the tax fraud. And so we rely on them when it comes to do the tax calculations and do other things that IRS has. So there's a lot of different positions within the IRS that uh, we have, and we all work together as a team to complete our mission. Is there a business side as well as a public, just regular IRS people like me who file our taxes side? There are, yes. So people file business returns, they file corporate tax returns, they file individual tax returns, and everybody, you know, everybody files, it, it just depends on what kind of income you have, that that decides what kind of income tax return that you file. And we have various divisions within the IRS. Some of them do international tax returns, some of them do small business tax returns, some of them do large business tax returns. And that's mostly on the civil side of the IRS, which is also significantly hiring right now. When we're talking about jobs in general, let's say, and we have been getting a lot of people who have been telling us about, you know, the new jobs that are coming out. What would someone who maybe they're listening to this now and they're thinking, I'm getting ready to graduate high school, or maybe I'm a junior in high school and I'll be graduating next year. At that age level, are there things that you would suggest for that group if they were thinking about, well, maybe I like math, I like numbers, I like, you know, different areas might be something I've never considered. So what would they need to do to prepare? Absolutely. So one of the best things that happened with me was uh, for one of my electives in high school, I took an accounting class and I never ever had any interest in it. I didn't know anything about it because when you're in high school, you don't really think about that stuff. However, we had a really good teacher that taught accounting. He was actually also a football coach. And I think that's one of the reasons why a lot of folks wanted to take his class. And it was amazing because it, it made sense to me, like numbers made sense to me. When you add the numbers, you get an answer. And so I liked it. And as a result of that, when I got to college, I decided, you know what, I really enjoyed my accounting class in high school and I want to see if I can pursue it. And that's what I did. And again, at at the time in high school, I didn't know that I can be a federal law enforcement officer with an accounting background. And so especially for high school kids, accounting opens the door to many other jobs, not just as accountant. You can work in, in business, you can work in finance. It's a really nice background to have that allows you to be very competitive in many different positions. All right, let's move on to the college level, whether it's four year, whether it's two year, obviously accounting would be something that people would be able to get involved in. But would there be other things that, um, again, classes that you, now that you're looking back on it, suggesting, or I wish I took that, obviously public speaking, you're very good at that. Thank you. Yes, public speaking is is an excellent class. Any type of business courses that you can take. So surprisingly, even though, you know, we we keep talking about accounting, a lot of our folks are criminal justice majors that take the additional courses that they need in accounting in business, and they come in and they qualify themselves that way. So accounting is a huge help, but you can be any major, as long as you have a bachelor's degree, you can always take the additional classes that you need. Like as, as an example that I mentioned, the revenue agent position. 
So those are the ones that go out and they conduct audits. They conduct audits of individuals, of businesses, and they're a lot higher accounting requirements. So they actually require 25 hours of accounting. So as long as you have their 25 hours accounting, you would qualify for the revenue agent position. Now, even though it has the word agent in it, they don't carry firearms, but they're still agents within the IRS. And they're the ones that go out and do the complex calculations of taxes and audits and things like that. For people who may be listening and thinking, well, I'm like to consider a new career. Is there any type of an age limit? And again, if you're looking at people who are in a career already, Maybe they're in banking right now or accountants or CPAs. What would they have to do in order to find out, first of all, about the positions that exist and might have to do things in order to get the correct skills that they would need in order to apply? That is a great question. So the only age limit that we have in the IRS is for the special agent position because we are federal law enforcement officers. We carry firearms. We do search warrants. We do arrest warrants. We have to retire before the age of 57. And in order to retire, you have to have at least 20 years as a special agent with the IRS. So hence the age limit of of 37. We have about uh, 2,000 special agents within the IRS Criminal Investigation Division. And as you can imagine, IRS is one of the biggest, if not the biggest government agency that we have employee number wise. And so only those 2000 agents make up maybe three, 4% of the entire internal revenue service. So there's a lot of other jobs out there. So even though somebody may be over that age of, of 37, they can still qualify for a lot of the other positions that we have. So what are some of those other positions that would be available to folks like that? So for example, just speaking about IRS crew investigations, a third of our workforce, so we have over 3,000 employees, about 1,000 of those employees a little higher. We have positions like investigative analysts, tax fraud investigative analysts, budget analysts, management and program analysts. We have data scientists, administrative officers. We have secretaries, professional IT folks as well. We're doing a lot of hiring in our IT departments right now. And so there's just so many different jobs. There's two ways. Number one is usajobs.gov. That's the number one place where we go to for any U.S. government jobs. All of our IRS jobs are listed on there. But you can also go to jobs.irs.gov, which is another website. And there it's actually unique because you can put in your interests and the things that uh, your background, and it'll help you decide which position will be better for you with the Internal Revenue Service. So, for example, if you click on law enforcement and uh, you have the requirements, it'll recommend for you the special agent position. But if you have other interests like IT, It'll recommend you the IT positions and it'll direct you to the USA jobs where we do have those specific openings. Where do the openings usually end up in the major places such as Philadelphia, Washington, New York? Or are there some that would also be housed within such as here in the scranton wilkesboro hazelton area? You know, again, that's a great question. So we, we have offices all over the place. Of course, the easiest locations would be the big metropolitan areas, but Scranton, we do have an office. We are hiring in that office, but we have offices in Pittsburgh. We have offices in in Harrisburg. We have offices in Philadelphia, and the same thing goes with other states and cities. We have a lot of offices throughout the, the United States, and normally the openings that we have, they're everywhere. There are so many of these different positions that because when everybody thinks of the IRS, Yuri, they think of, OK, I sit across a desk from you and I go over all of your papers that you brought in in all of your boxes and I figure out your taxes. But there's so much more to it than all of that. Correct. When I found out about the special agent position when I was a junior in college, I thought the same exact thing that IRS, every time you hear the word IRS, because we all deal with our taxes once a year. We just assume that that's what you do all year long. And unfortunately, that's not the case. Or, or fortunately for those of us that do work for the IRS, like we learn about the, so many different things that we do. For example, in my career, I came on as an agent in the Cleveland, Ohio area. And I worked as a supervisory special agent in Akron. I worked as an attache in Frankfurt, Germany. I worked as a director in Washington, D.C., as an assistant special agent in charge in New York, and now as a special agent in charge in Philadelphia. So again, it's not for everybody, but for me, I love to travel. I love to do different things and, and see different cities. And this this job allows me to do that. But most of my friends, they spend their entire careers in one city, one area, and they absolutely love it. They raise their families there. 
And it's, it's amazing. And there's just so many different avenues that you can take in this position. Are there things that are coming that you've been hearing about that maybe, you know, you mentioned the IT, that's something that's kind of new. There's so many other, you know, with, with social media and all those. Yes. It's something unique is we're hiring data scientists. There's a lot of data out there and we need to have people that can go in and analyze that data. Our headquarters, especially is hiring data scientists in some of our other areas. So that's a unique position that we've never had before. But now we're definitely realizing how important it is. And now I have to ask you a personal question, and I promise yes, that please. I won't tell anybody. Can you balance your checkbook? I can, yes. Oh, see? I, I figured that. When you're talking to somebody like me, Yuri, who's mathematically challenged, you're just totally amazed at all of this stuff, including the fact that you can balance your own checkbook. That's great. <laughs> Wrap it up for us as far as our listeners are concerned. If they have questions, if they have any kind of interest in just about anything, where they could go for more information and what, again, they would need as basics in order to say, okay, I'd like to find out more about this. So usajobs.gov, that's the number one place. All of our positions are through usajobs.gov. So if somebody feels like they would be qualified for an IRS special agent position, once they go there, they'll just search, put in IRS, and they'll receive all the jobs that IRS has openings for, or they can put in special agent with the IRS and they will receive all the jobs that are open for. And again, it's going to be a lot of positions. So if they want maybe a little bit more specific, they can go to jobs.irs.gov as well. So those are the two main areas that I would recommend. And anything else that we've left out that uh, maybe I haven't mentioned that you would like to make sure our listeners know? I just wanted to add a couple of benefits of working for the federal government, you know, not just the special agent position. So there's very competitive salaries within the federal government. We have 13 paid holidays. We have 13 vacation days the first three years. Then from three to 15 years, it goes up to um, 19.5 days, which is about four weeks. And after 15 years, you get 25 days of vacation time. So you get about five weeks of vacation time. We also get sick leave. We are now doing flexible schedules and flexible locations. So if somebody does need to work at a different location, because we have offices nationwide, we are very flexible with that. We do telework and we have amazing health insurance and life insurance benefits. And one of the biggest things that we have that a lot of jobs don't have anymore is pension. So we have like a three-tier pension system where not only do you get Social Security, you also get a special federal pension and you also contribute towards your 401k, which we call a thrift savings plan. And the government matches a portion of your donations to that. So, again, very competitive compared to some of the other jobs that are out there. You are correct. And I am so sorry I wasn't better in math. I should have paid attention. <laughs> Yuri, thank you so much. And hopefully we'll have you back again in the near future with more information. See, the IRS, we think about it as one way. And here you are to tell us that there are so many opportunities out there. Amazing. Absolutely. Thank you so much for taking the time to speak to me again. I look forward to doing it in the near future. Thanks again to Internal Revenue Special Agent in Charge, Yuri Crudy out of Philadelphia, telling us that the IRS is hiring. Now, don't go away. We have an Odyssey One Thing Public Affairs program from our sister station in Washington, D.C., next on Special Edition. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. 
Medela, the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Next on Special Edition, an Odyssey One Thing public affairs program. We're joining with our sister station, 94.7 The Drive in Washington, D.C. Your host, Karina Delgado, speaks with Conservation International CEO, Dr. M. Sanjan. Odyssey is celebrating Earth Month and our commitment to one thing. If each of us does one thing to help the environment, that's millions of things that add up to make an enormous difference. Hey, I'm Corey from Odyssey. With Earth Day coming up on April 22nd, Odyssey's Karina Delgado checks in from the nation's capital with Dr. M. Sanjin, the CEO of Conservation International. Each year, Odyssey partners with Conservation International on behalf of our team to donate a project supporting our planet. Anything from protecting mangroves and tropical rainforests to saving elephant habitats. One thing adds up. We've planted trees to restore the forest. We've protected acres of valuable habitat for bees and other pollinators. And all of it starts with the power of people doing one thing. But it's not just the big things. Your one thing could be as simple as using a reusable water bottle instead of buying bottled water. I made that switch a couple of years ago. Maybe you carpool or take public transportation to work instead of driving every day with your own car. Dr. Sanjin will share his ideas for your one thing. He also shares the latest on his exciting new documentary project. It's called Our Changing Planet, with the second season slated to air on PBS. Now, let's head to D.C. and check in with Karina. Sanjan, hi! How are you? I am well. Great to talk to you. It's been about a year, right? How, how has your year been? The year's been really busy. Oh, I bet. Well, tell us all about it. Well, you know, the big thing that I've been doing this year is I filmed the second episode of my series, Changing Planet. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this is an epic seven-year project where yes. we go to the same places every year mm-hmm. and basically figure out what the change is looking like, right? Yeah. Because we know the planet is changing under us. We know it's climate change. We know it's biodiversity loss. But we also know people have, are coming up with some amazing solutions. And so in this year, you know, some of my journeys were really about going back to the place I went to in year one and seeing what, what has happened. You mentioned that this is a seven-year project, but it, uh, this is just season uh, two coming up, right? Well, we, you know, this is year two of a seven-year project. Oh, okay, gotcha. So, you know, maybe when we do this interview five years from now, I can give you the background. Certainly. Well, did, did you see significant but, changes over yeah, the course look, of the year? I mean, you know, the, the big thing that dominated us uh, in this most recent episode, mm-hmm. which you will see on Earth Day, April 19th, uh, on PBS, is that we really tracked to fire. Oh, wow. Uh-huh. Yeah, especially and out the there in California, right? In California, in yeah. Australia. I mean, we had the entire continent essentially on fire to yes. some extent, right? Yes. But the positive side of this is we also followed some amazing indigenous stories mm-hmm. of indigenous people, the Yurok in California, the Pintupi in Australia, and how indigenous peoples are using fire to manage the land. And so it's, it's a two, you know, it's like two sides of the same coin, right? Yeah. Devastating wildfires can wreck the environment and, you know, destroy lives and property. Absolutely. But using fire in the right way can help us manage an area to prevent catastrophic wildfires. So to be honest, you know, I went to California during a heavy fire season knowing that I'm going to see something pretty bad. But I came away to some extent with a sense of optimism because of what I saw in Northern California with indigenous tribes, um, the Yurok in particular, mm-hmm. and how they were managing their own land yeah. in a way that was more resilient to fire and really just very optimistic. And the same thing in Australia. With that, as you were saying, working with the indigenous people there and uh, learning some of their practices to 
to use fire to, I guess, sort of uh, mitigate some of the uh, effects of climate change. Can you dive into that a little bit more? Like, how can using fire prevent that? I'm kind of I'm trying to think of is that like controlled burning to burn back brush so that when when a fire does take place, it doesn't get out of hand or how does that work? So that's one way. So control burning to make sure that fires don't get out of hand when they really do come is one way. But what is kind of amazing about sort of indigenous wisdom is that indigenous people have been using fire on landscapes for a long, long time. And as they were prevented from following the traditional practices, habitats changed. Yes. And as those habitats changed, in many instances, they became much more prone to fire. Mm-hmm. So when you go into um, northwestern Australia and you go to the Pintubi people, you know, they basically manage a land about the size of Denmark. Mm. Really a big piece of territory. Sure. And they light fires all the time. Like, I have the chance to light fires with them. Yeah. And they're small fires, but they're constant, like, all the time during a particular season. And it basically keeps the habitat in a particular state. Interestingly, very, very, very good place for endangered species. All the endangered species are there. Mm-hmm. And you can see the difference in the habitat. So those catastrophic wildfires don't tend to have the impact that they have in other parts of the world. Mm-hmm. You know, you talk to the Yurok, and the Yurok consider themselves the original rest- restorers of planet Earth. Yes. Like they really see themselves as a restoration people. And that's what they're trying to do there. They're not just restoring their own cultural practices, but they're also trying to restore the land into a habitat type that is a bit more resilient to these changes that we're seeing today. I love that. You know, um, I am originally from Anchorage, Alaska, and uh-huh. Alaska itself has a huge indigenous population. And sure. part of um, something that we saw in that location with our own eyes is that each year, little by little, the Portage Glacier that we, whereas at one point we could just step out onto the glacier from, you know, from the side of the road, it was receding, receding, receding. And so um, to speak to to the um, the show, Our Changing Planet, that was something mm-hmm. that we could see daily. And to your point, yes, the indigenous people, they have their own way of addressing uh, how the land that they live on is changing beneath them and how it, it is incorporated into their culture and how they um, have restorative practices for the land itself. Exactly. I mean, these are people who have lived on the land and managed the land for literally thousands of years. Yes. In the case of Australia, 60,000 years. Sure. You know, yeah. We've been on this land like, you know, for one, two, three, four, you know, 100 years. Certainly not more than that. Certainly not in North America. Yeah. So the sense that we would be great managers of this land, you know, when you see the history of land management is, you know, is obviously false. Mm-hmm. And there's an enormous amount we can learn from that indigenous wisdom and apply it today at scale with modern science. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to give the impression that just if you follow indigenous practices, everything will be okay. Obviously, the transformations we've made have been big. Yeah. But there is a lot of wisdom there that needs to be incorporated into how we see the natural world we live in. Absolutely. Well, uh, circling back to the Our Changing Planet mm-hmm. show, you mentioned that you revisit six different vulnerable ecosystems Mm -hmm. and Australia being one of them. Can you tell us what some of the other locations are inside the show? Yeah. So the Maldives, which are a uh, beautiful atoll in the middle of the Indian Ocean because Mm -hmm. they're they're so, so at risk from climate change. Yes. But they also have incredible reefs. So if you really want to understand the marine story, that's a place. Um, Kenya. You know, Kenya has now experienced probably its fourth year of consecutive drought. Mm-hmm. when the rains have failed again and again and again. Wow. And the impact it's having on people and wildlife is very severe, so we get to see how some communities are using carbon mitigation as a way of protecting forests that provide water for wildlife and people. Um, we go to Cambodia to look at the forests of Southeast Asia and some of the mm. biggest river systems in the world. And, of course, the Amazon. You can't talk about a changing planet without talking about the Amazon, the biggest rainforest on planet Earth. Um, and then California. You know, California is 
you know, ground zero if you want to talk about climate change, both sure. impacts as well as opportunities for change. Uh, if you talk talk about the United States. Yeah, absolutely. Well, if our listeners would like to catch uh, the first season of Our Changing Planet, where do they find well, that second at? season, sorry. So the the second first season. season should be online on PBS. Okay. But the second season is going to be aired on um, April 19th. Oh, okay. And yeah, where- 9 p.m. Uh, Eastern Time and uh, 8 p.m. Central Time on PBS. On PBS. Okay. Yeah. And then, so, uh, available on demand at pbs.org? Yes. I'm okay. pretty sure PBS puts most of their shows on demand. Excellent. On, on their website. So if uh, if in watching the first season, since it's already available, and then uh, to basically binge, and then uh, seeing the debut of the second on on the 19th, if that inspires some folks to uh, help out on Earth Day, what are some ways that listeners can, um, can jump on board? Yeah, so there's a great question. I know you always think about the one thing you can do. So by the way, I would say you don't have to watch the first season to enjoy the second one, but it'd be nice to do that. And the second one does go to Australia, which we didn't do in the first season because obviously we filmed that during COVID. Mm-hmm. And we weren't allowed to go to Australia yeah. in season one, so you get to see some new stuff. Um, but like, look, the one, que- one thing question is a really big question. Right, so I'm going to give you two quick things. So the first thing I think everyone can do is be much more conscious about how much they waste in terms of food. So what mm-hmm. you eat, how you cook it, and how much you waste. Okay. So agricultural use of land is the biggest, most pervasive land use we have. Oh, okay. And we want food to be available for everyone, but we want to be mindful about what we use and waste. It'll be just better for your wallet and a huge better for the environment. Okay. okay. I'll give you a very simple example, right? So when I make coffee in the morning, I boil a whole pot of water in order to make coffee. That's silly and idiotic because mm. all that heat energy that I'm using to boil water for one cup is just a bad way of doing it. Sure. Right? And it's a big, big impact. So what you eat, eat lower on the food chain and be very, very aware of waste. The second thing I would say is we now know that even if we make the energy transition that is well on its way, so electric cars, electric, you know, solar panels, et cetera, we'll still not end up with a livable planet if we don't also protect nature. Yes. So I would say to every person listening, you ought to be supporting organizations that are out there restoring and protecting nature. It could be in your backyard. It could be in your local community, or it could be a global organization like Conservation International, which is what I work for. It doesn't actually matter as long as you are doing your part to restore and protect the planet. Wonderful. Well, I just wanted to personally thank you for following up with us and catching up with us again this year and let us know what's going on with Our Changing Planet. Again, to our listeners, if you'd like to catch that, it is available at www.pbs.org and season two debuting on April 19th, 9 p.m. Eastern time on PBS, just ahead of Earth Day. Uh, Dr. Sanjin, thank you so much for joining us this year. We appreciate you. Thank you so much. More stories about our environment at onething.us or on the Odyssey app, which you can download now for free. We'll cover environmental news like new requirements for car emissions or changes to public parks. With Earth Day right around the corner, consider getting outside and doing your own project, planting trees, cleaning up litter. And while you do so, you can listen to One Thing Radio free on the Odyssey app. Soak up songs about the earth and enjoy doing your one thing with artists like Odessa, Imagine Dragons, and more. And there's our brand new station, Bloom, a bright and poppy playlist guaranteed to grow on you with artists like Tate McRae, B. Miller, Jeremy Zucker, and more. And hear how your favorite artists are making a difference. We talk to everyone from Marcus Mumford and Dave Matthews to Lizzo, Harry Styles, and Shawn Mendes, each of them sharing the one thing that they do to help the environment. Like, here's how Dua Lipa tries to do her part while on tour. Because I fly so much, I like to pay towards carbon return and like a charity that will do a lot of things in terms of society. Sustainability, because sometimes trying to get from A to B with my job is difficult. And Macklemore with something easy to do at your house. I recycle. I'm great at recycling. I take out the recycle. I stomp the cans. I break down the cardboard boxes. 
and I recycle. And yeah, shopping at the thrift store does help the reuse part of the three R's. Thank you for spending some time with us, being open to learning about sustainability, and thinking about your one thing. You can find this station on the Odyssey app, which you can download now for free and find out more there, or visit onething.us. We are all on this planet together, so join Odyssey and find your one thing. Fruits and vegetables are very environmentally friendly foods. Make them even more friendly by eating them in season and by choosing produce that is local and organic. Shopping at farmer's markets are a great way to do both. And start growing fruits and vegetables in your own garden. Even if you live in an apartment, you can start with just a few potted plants. Join Odyssey. And together, each of us doing one thing makes a greener tomorrow. What's your one thing? If your group has a project, you can contact our Wilkesbury Sustainability Champion, Shannon.ball at Odyssey.com. Thanks for listening to Special Edition, a weekly look at the issues in the news and the personalities shaping the stories. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 